Welcome to WP Tonic, episode 67. This month's all about creating online training. Hua. <laughs> Our special guest today, today is Kim Shivler. I said it, Shivler. I flip-flopped the letters in there. And she's from White Glove Training. That's whitegloveTraining.com. And I'm really looking forward to this interview. I've been working with Kim a little bit because everyone knows that my big course is coming online right now. And um, I really thank Kim for the help. And Jonathan, Jonathan is going to be taken away because this is really WP Tonic. It's really the tech show. It's the WP. It's all about WordPress, plugins, and all those fun things that go with what we do. But really, this month, we're going to focus on how WordPress and training, like Kim is doing, really work together and create amazing platforms. Jonathan, take it away. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Kim, for joining us on WP Tonic. Um, obviously, there's a lot of interest on online training and developing online courses. And obviously, um, I feel as a WordPress junkie that uh, that WordPress offers a lot of options and quality plugins to help you build an online course. I think it's very similar to the situation when it comes to membership plugins. There's a lot of choice out there, Kim. Would you agree? Absolutely. There's quite a bit of choice. And it's, as with membership sites, it's definitely something that you need to look at the functionality of the different plugins because each one has its own abilities. And for example, if you just grab one out of the air, you may get into it and find that it doesn't fit your needs for what you're doing for training. So it's one of those areas where looking at what it what is offered and what your requirements are is really important to do up front. Yeah, um, I think it's a very, you know, I like your thoughts about this. I think it's very a similar situation to the membership situation with WordPress. I get a lot of clients and they just say to me, what's the, what's the best? What's the most easiest and the best? And when I can't answer that question straight away, I sense a little bit of frustration. They mm -hmm. just want to know what's the best, what, you know, and I can't answer it because it really depends on their, what they need, what they're looking to do. There's too many variables to some extent just to give them that easy, quick answer. Would you say that's the same when it comes to uh, plugins around building an online course, Kim? It's absolutely the exact same with online courses. And you add a little bit of more complexity because a lot of times when you're building online courses, you're also using a membership plugin together with the online courseware for parts of the management. So we really have to look at the functionality of both the courseware plugins you want to use, what you want to get out of it, what type of courses you're going to offer, how many instructors you're going to have, and then the plugin, the best courseware plugin, and if a membership uh, plugin also needs to be part of that, because very often it is a big cohesive project. And so I agree with you. People call me, what's the best one? And I have these detailed planning guides that make them want to pull their hair out sometimes. But by going through it with them, I don't just force them through it. But if we go through it together, I can make sure they're going to pick something that's going to do what they want, as opposed to calling me, which I've had happen. I took this other situation. Somebody told me to get this. It's really easy. I did it. Now, I need you to tell me, how does it do X, Y, and Z? And I have to go, sorry, that plugin doesn't do X, Y, and Z. 
this is your only option or that is your only option. So it's definitely an area where I ask people, please, please take that extra two hours and get your requirements in order so that you don't. And, and note also, most of these are professional plugins. They're premium plugins. Yeah. So before you buy something, take the time to implement it and find out it doesn't do what you want. Take those couple hours to make sure you know what you need. Yes. So um, so have you got a lot of resources on your website and are there other online resources that you could recommend? I'd like to point out to the folks that um, when it comes to actual online resources, we too try and put them into the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. So um, is there a lot of this kind of initial guidance information on your website? And are there other online resources that you think are, that you could highly recommend? Yes. What I will do for resources is I will send you my resource list to put in the show notes. Currently, they are not live on my site. They are only available for my paid students. And what we're doing right now is we launched my back area and we're putting everything in there as we're launching the brand new website, how to build an online course. And then all the resources will be there. There are other resources you can look at. The thing you have to be a little bit careful of with some of the other resources is understand that a lot of these sites are very myopic and they only work with and recommend one plugin. Yeah. So they don't always look at, no. you know, the different, um, I call them silos. The way I look at it, the way I teach it is, you know, depending on what you need, this is the path you might want to take or you might need so to take. Are there any particular websites that don't do that, that look at a reasonable broad spectrum? I haven't found any that specifically focus on courseware. You know, wow. there are a lot of just general WordPress sites where they might highlight a plugin every month. But as far as just fully focusing on building courses and then, you know, down to that level, I, I haven't found any yet. Part of, yeah. why I'm part of why I'm building what I'm building. Yes, probably. Um, I'd like to point out to our listeners that Kim is actually going to be speaking at WordCamp US, and Kim's um, it should be extremely wow. exciting. Wow, I didn't know that. So that that's wow. um, and obviously we I was at Kim's presentation at uh, Las Vegas WordCamp. Um, and Kim did an excellent presentation. So there's a lot of information Kim has on this subject. Um, we, we did do this show before, but we decided to redo it because I was extremely ill at the time and it wasn't the best decision for me to do the show. Um, so we it decided... It was a bad decision for me to not cut you off. Not yeah, surprised. probably was. Um, so we're redoing this show. We're redoing this show. Um, so I'm going to do it a little bit, the format slightly different because I'm going to talk about um, Zippy courses first um, because it's not WordPress, um, but like many like um, shopping carts, um, membership, there are on fully hosted online um, kind of alternatives. And in this area, I understand that Zippy Courses is one of the biggest um, fully hosted non-WordPress solutions. So would you like to go through what you see as the strengths of Zippy Courses and some of its limitations, Kim? 
Um, actually, Zippy Courses does have a plugin All right, functionality. Yeah. The biggest ones that are completely hosted are actually Udemy, what, what used to be Fedora, which I think they're now calling Teachable, and then Gumroad has an option that people use. So is, um, is Zippy Courses a kind of SaaS hybrid then? Um, I think they do have the hybrid, but if you buy the 199 plugin, you can download it and install it just right. like you do the others. The The challenge I have with it is it's one of the well-known because it's, it's promoted by an, a very well-known internet marketer, but it's the most limited I've found as far as if I compare it to full rounded what WP Courseware does and what LearnDash does, who... Those are two of my favorites. Yeah, we're going to be talking about we'll, those. We'll get to so those. So what, what do you specifically see as the strengths of Zippy Courses? It's easy. Absolutely. Right. One of the easiest to use. Everything is pretty much built into it that has functionality, but it doesn't have a lot of the functionality. For example, one of the big things I teach is to, to make a great course, make sure you've got some really good interaction with your students with your students between each other because otherwise if you're just going and watching a series of videos and text videos and text it, you don't know where they are you lose them they lose interest a lot of times so i always like to put some level of bulletin board system in and zippy courses doesn't right. support that so ease of setup you would give it a high mark yes. um, what about the documentation what do you think about the documentation and support they provide um, I've not had to call their support. Their documentation is is good because it is it is really very, very easy to use and to set up. So I would say that's their biggest pro. Um, the biggest con, actually, I think is the price. Right. Because, so you think it's a little bit expensive for what you can do with it? Yeah, it's $199 per site. Right. There's no, you know, developer option unless, I mean, you know, they could change that in the future. It's so the newest would one. would you recommend this to anybody that was approaching you for con consultation? Do you feel like you would, in any, in any kind of circumstance, recommend this? Or do you a little bit hesitant? I personally, I would be more hesitant on that one. I, if someone really wants to do it in WordPress... I'm probably going to pull them into either WP Courseware or LearnDash and possibly in the future Sensei, which is another very popular one. It is. And uh, so right now I focus mainly on WP Courseware and LearnDash. And that's because when I bought a couple of years ago, Sensei didn't do some things I needed. Uh, now that I'm focusing 100% on online courses and membership yeah. sites, I have to go back and put it through its paces. They've updated a lot, and then I'll be sharing more about that. One that does come to mind that um, is um, iThemes Exchange because they've got their e-commerce, but they did seem to be also introducing some learning functionality with that. But I don't know if you've ever looked at that at all. When I looked at it, it didn't have you know, like full courseware automation, yeah. which is my goal for people yeah. is, you know, I've got a course and I can check off when I go through my modules and I can follow my progress and I can have quizzes and they may be going that direction. But when I last I looked at it, 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 it wasn't there yet. Right. Um, it does their, their exchange com, uh, commerce piece does integrate with uh, WP Courseware. So oh. you could use that to sell the uh, courses of your WP Courseware installation if you wanted to. 
Hey, Jonathan, we're going to take a little break before we go on, and that'll be the second part. Every 10, we're going to take two breaks here, one at 10 right. minutes. Why we love Blab, so we're going to pause. Well, you're back in a quick commercial, two commercials. First of all, we want to thank the sponsors, and that's Share the Oils in Northern Nevada. We thank you, Share the Oils. And finally, quick commercial from New Media Gold, which actually that company is now Conrad Pacific Marketing or Conrad Pacific, whatever, because my core company is still Conrad Pacific. And we started a course, the first online course, and people are going to be able to watch me develop that first line course. And it's going to end up being an expensive course initially, but the first course is how to take a blab like we're doing now and turn it into a podcast on YouTube. So it's going to be that whole element of doing more than just podcasting, but going further than that. So that's going to be the first course. It's a really simple, straightforward course. And what I've done is I've already opened it up for free. The free are gone. Now, tomorrow, actually later on today and all day Sunday, it's going to be up for $5. So it'll be a $5 sign-on, and you're going to get uh, one year, maybe life. Who knows? I'm seeing what I decided to do here. You're going to get all seven modules when it's completed, and it'll go all the way through mastery. What you won't get is you won't get the one-on-one -on -one training with me and the website development. But we'll have all the modules in there. And eventually that course, I'm targeting that course to be well over $700 someday. But at first you have to build it, you have to create, you start with 101, and you build up. So whoever signs up for five, they're going to get it for at least a year, and they're going to get all the courses except for the one-on-one. -on -one. Time to go back to the show. Go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, that sounds great, Bill. I'm excited for you, um, and I hope it goes well. Bill knows a lot about podcasting. So, Kim, on to, I think, one of your favorites, which is WP Courseware. What do you think is its strengths and maybe um, might be some of its drawbacks? It's absolute strength is it's very easy to use. Uh, I, you know, I meet people in line at, at events and tell them what I do and they'll say, oh, I love it. I just set something up with WP Courseware and Paid Memberships Pro, uh, which is the membership piece that a lot of people like to combine the two of. So it's very easy to use. Uh, it's kind of drag and drop. You don't have to plan ahead. You could be in any post and decide, hey, I want this to be a course unit. Click and move it over into the course unit status. Uh, once you go into the area, you can drag and drop your modules around so you're not hard-pressed to decide ahead of time what the flow is. Because a lot of times as you're building courses, uh, it, particularly if you're new, but I mean, I've been building courses for, well, years and years and years and years. And you still sometimes, as you go through it, it's that editing process where, hmm, this really would be better here. And it's just easy to change. As far as the drawbacks, the biggest drawback really is that it doesn't have some of the advanced functionality that some others do, and it doesn't have particularly the option for multiple instructors. So any you can have an, an any administrator for your site could access it, but you know if you want to build something similar to a Udemy where you're going to have two or five or 100 instructors, do you really want them all to have admin access to your WordPress installation? No. Okay. So that's, I would say it's biggest drawback and it's just some little functionality things. But if you want quick drag and drop basic courseware, uh, really nice options for questions, 
It's one, uh, one of my things is I always like them to integrate with some level of an achievement software so that as people go through, you can give them points, you can give them ranks, you can give them high fives. It just helps keep the motivation of your students. And what about its integration with other plugins? Does it like integrate with digital downloads from Pippin Williamson? Does it integrate with WooCommerce? What, what's its kind of integration options like, Kim? It has one of the largest options for integration. It uh, does WooCommerce, as I already mentioned. It does the iThemes Exchange, Paid Memberships Pro, MemberPress, MemberSonic, uh, Wishlist Member, things that aren't even coming to my mind. Yes. Uh, it has a lot of that. I don't – it does integrate with di digital downloads, but I haven't actually used it that way. Mm -hmm. I do use it, though, with uh, uh, BBPress integration. And I use it. Um, I use it with a membership plugin. It doesn't mm -hmm. do this out of the box, but I use it in conjunction with a membership plugin to tie in with Pippin's affiliate WP affiliate manager, and it works yeah. at that very, very nice. Oh, that's nice. So, what about Learn Dash? What would you? How would you compare Learn Dash to WP Courseware? It's more powerful. It's the only one out there that can have the multiple instructors similar to a Udemy. Uh, they, I mean, they run university, bigger university MOOC type settings on it sometimes. And it's just it, other features too that are more powerful. Its limitations are it definitely has a bigger learning curve. Yeah. And part of that is with more power comes more learning curve usually. Yeah. yeah. I have to give them kudos, though, because the last couple updates, it's much better than it was. It's getting easier. Right. And then the other one is the only membership it integrates with is Paid Memberships Pro. So if you really have your heart set on something else, you may, well, they, you may need to Thanks for pointing out that, you know, that actual membership plugin is the one I use regularly. But it is a limiting factor, isn't it? If you mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of other plugins, um, membership plugins that people like to use. So what when it comes to Learn Dash or, or WP Courseware, is there documentation and support pretty good in your experience? It is. I think they're both pretty good. Learn Dash, a little more advanced in that area. And it needs to be because yeah. it's a, a larger package. Uh, the, the information on WP Courseware is much easier because there's just not as much going yeah. on. It's much more, much more drag and drop and point and click. Yes. So I'm ones. getting the impression that the Learn Dash is really, you can, it's more for the kind of medium, larger, where you want multi-use, uh, multi-administrators. You're you're building out a very a pretty large um, course, um, and you you want a lot of features. I'm, I'm getting that impression. Is that the correct correct impression? That would be yes. When when people want to go bigger or have you know like build almost a little online school and have several instructors, they're going to need to use Learn Dash. If if they just want simplicity, then I would say let's look at WP Courseware. Knowing though that Learn Dash, you could wholly control everything in it as far as it has payment methodologies, <laughs> it has uh, uh, BB Press and. Uh, 
configurations within itself and other ways to integrate. So let's go on to Sensei. Am I pronouncing that correct, Kim? Because I always butcher it. Sensei. It's Sensei. Sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, how does Sense, you know, it comes from Woo themes, so you would you would expect it to integrate with WooCommerce pretty effectively. But how does it fit in with the two that we just talked about, WP Courseware and um, Learn Dash? If, how, how does it kind of fit in in your own mind? It's catching up. When I first looked at it, it didn't have quite a bit of the functionality and um, so it was more frustrating to work with. It's catching up. And then the other thing with it is they have similar model to what they have with WooCommerce where you have the base, but then there are these other extensions and some of those are paid for. So in order to evaluate what it's going to cost you, you would need to make sure again, that you went through your requirements and looked at if you were going to be required to have additional extensions that were going to cost more money, et cetera. And it's not that it's overly expensive. It's just that I try to let everybody know ahead of time or, or, give them the information ahead of time so that they can figure out, yeah. you know, an actual cost is I'm going just trying to, to clarify a little bit. Is there any particular thing that it offers that the other, that the other two, is there any kind of, when you have, you got a, a client that's coming for consultation, you would actually go to that straight away because there's a key factor that draws you or can the other two really do most of what it can do? At this point, I would say any um, no that there's not a reason I was jumping from right into Sensei. Right. But I have to give them the the benefit of the doubt in the sense of I haven't worked with it specifically for a couple since it first came out. Right. And so I'm just going to dig in right now, and that way I will be able to let you know what features they have added and and how they've come up to speed. So let's let's wrap this up a little bit. So. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making and what are there some things that maybe um, people that are looking to do this using WordPress really don't think about and they need to think about? So what? give us like one or two of the biggest mistakes and maybe one or two things that they're probably not aware of. That Now time for a quick break from our, one of our special guests and whitegloveweptraining.com. Go ahead, Kim. Tell us all about whitegloveweptraining.com. Thank you, Bill. White Glove Web Training was created to offer concierge training and services surrounding internet topics, predominantly WordPress. We focus mainly on online courses and membership sites, although we do offer some beginner training to help people get up to speed so they can get those courses launched. I'm Kim Schivler, the founder, and I look forward to having you join me. We are going to be launching our next How to Build an Online course here in the next few weeks. So if you hop over and join my mailing list, you will get invited to two free webinars over the next week and learn more about what you can do with online courses and membership web. We're back from the break, and as you can see down below, you can see the link on the notes down below, or not just the notes, but you can see the link to Kim's site, White Glove Training Web, White whitegloveweptraining.com. And so back to where we were, Jonathan was just asking, what are the mistakes that people make in setting up training courses? 
And by the way, you'll be able to watch me this whole week and next week make all sorts of mistakes because <laughs> that's how you get better. You make mistakes, you sort of fall, you know, you, you, you tumble, you fall, you do your best, but a coach or someone helping you can really speed up the process as we know, Kim. So take it away, Kim. Okay. The top two issues that people that I see with people who work with me are one, folks, a video is not a course. This is not a YouTube channel. Video has a great part in a course, but great courses need more ways to interact with your students, even if it's an absolute online course where you're not going to be live with them. You want to give them a variety of ways to learn. So a video may be one of them, but definitely add the, the steps in a text format for people to read back over. It's much faster to scan a series of steps than to be back and forth on a video trying to find what you missed. I liken it to a cooking show. If television was an online course, I would be a master chef because I watch cooking classes all the time or all cooking shows all the time. But to really get a class, I need that recipe. I need it written down. I need a reference back to it because if I get into the kitchen and I'm trying to replicate what I just watched and I can't remember if it was a teaspoon of salt or a tablespoon of salt, and those of you who cooked anything know that that would be a big difference in your taste of your food, then I'm in trouble. So always have a variety of things for people, audio, video, images, and particularly if you're doing how-to, make sure you've got the step-by-step -step text and get it out there. If you want to just do the video and you say, hey, I'm not really good at fleshing it out through words, take the transcript. It's very easy to take your transcript and then flesh out or have an admin even flesh out the step-by-step -step and put, put it into a numbered list for you. So that's the one of the biggest ones. The other biggest one is keeping interaction into it. We want interaction. That's why we're all here on Blab, because we want to see each other and talk and interact. So even if it's an automated course, have some way where you can add a touch point to the student, whether it's in a bulletin board and they can put their homework in and you might comment on it. They can interact with each other. Uh, if you're listening, the bulletin board system is one of my favorites, because not only can I interact with them, through e things like email, which you, which you would have if you were just doing email support, but they interact with each other. And I end up with my students sharing their projects together, answering things for each other, building a community, which is something most of us want online. And then I get two benefits from that. One, they're creating content for me. They're actually interacting. And two, you learn what your next course might need to be. And then there's one other thing that's the big one, and that's trying to put too much into it. Don't build a course of 50 modules. Keep it simple. Keep it short. And if you need more, add another course. That's a good thing. Add another course. That's a good thing. Don't try to put everything you know down into just one class. Oh, that's great, uh, Kim. I think that's great advice. Um, I think we wrap it up now, folks. Um, we're going to hopefully take some questions. And um, But, Kim, thank you very much for all your knowledge, and um, I'm sure your presentation at WordCamp US. Hey, Jonathan, I'm going to take the first question since we still have seven minutes left on the show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're going 30 minutes. 
10 minutes sleep. And then always turn off your phones. First question is, should you turn off your phone when you're doing a podcast? Yes, Bill. See, that's one of the first more important checklist. More important checklist is actually making sure you have the right speaker. Uh, uh, What's your question, Bill, about courseware? Okay, we're not talking about exactly courseware. I'm going to ask about a little bit of technique. First of all, um, I hope you all like this. This is one of our first new systems, and this is one of the things I'm developing for uh, the process of doing um, blabcasted podcasts. Is the idea you can pause it. That's super powerful, like we're doing and doing our breaks, and then tracking the time and trying to keep within 30 minutes. What I first noticed on Blab is we go too long, we do different things. So what we'll do is we'll finish up the 30 minutes, which we've got about five minutes left, and then we'll uh, we'll close it down formally. Then we'll open it up for maybe 10 minutes of questions. I think that's a great format. I'll start designing this better and it'll go better. The whole course will go better. It'll be easier for me on also editing. So my, my first question is when a person starting new, I've been two years now working on WordPress and platforms. I've made money building simple WordPress sites for podcasters, things that actually work and work well, tying them all on. As you evolve, there really is a lot to do to set up a course. You have to have some of the things, for example, and I'm going to go and listen to this show in detail because I was running backside management. But you've got to have a way to either have PayPal or a way to collect money for it. You've got to have an understanding of WordPress. There's a lot of things you have to do, unless you have a company working for you doing all that. Or what's using you to me, it's a little easier. But how would you recommend a newbie start into this business? What's the first thing they should do? What skill sets should they develop? It depends on if they want to learn WordPress and and put that effort in. So if they already have a WordPress site and they're comfortable with plugins, they're comfortable with adding things, maybe they're, you know, that intermediate, then definitely let's talk about using the WordPress plugins for you. If it's somebody that comes to me and says, look, I don't want anything else in my site. I don't want to deal with plugins. I don't want another developer. Then there is a place for people to use Udemy or Teachery or Fedora or Gumroad because they handle all that. They make sure that the payment situation is taken. The the back end is always set up for you. The hosting is there for you. So you don't have to take care of your own site. So I think there's a place for both people. If you come to me though and you say, hey, I really want to do this. I want to build it in WordPress and I'm a noob. Like I've never built a WordPress site before. Then I'm going to say, okay, it's going to take you a little more time. Let's know this. And let's put you through my how to build an on uh, how to build a website in eight hours or less first. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And get you going there. Then we'll put the other stuff in. If you can build an eight, a website in eight hours or less, you're an amazing person. You actually can if you understand you that you're going to start with a five-page site. Mm-hmm. You're going to just have the basics, and you're not going to do every single. CSS customization on the planet for your theme. Right. And you're going to uh, limit your plugins, which I recommend anyway. Those of us who've been in WordPress for a long time know that just because a plugin is there and available doesn't mean you should put it in. Yeah, my my response to that, Kim, is um, I I totally agree with you to a certain extent, but Mm -hmm. I think also in a highly... Um, competitive courseware environment where you have a lot of people starting courses. I think the other factor that you've got to be 
uh, make aware to people is they've got to have some kind of marketing plan, some structure, how they're, um, which they don't have to listen to. They can decide that their content is so fantastic that people are just going to turn up and buy it if they wish to believe that. Um, but marketing, how are you going to get people to the website? How are you going to convert them? How are you going to turn them into non-lifetime clients, customers? There's a lot going on, isn't there, Kim? Absolutely. And that's something we had not talked about in this po uh, oh. podcast. But yes, absolutely. I teach them uh, in my stuff. There's a lot about marketing it. I, one of the last slides on some of my presentations is, if you build it, they will. And the next slide is, not come. Not unless you market it. And so, absolutely. I don't care if you have the best stuff out there in the world. If nobody knows about it, it's not going to matter. Hey, I'm going to mention one bit about marketing. You know the best way to marketing, not just to have your own podcast, but even better than that, is actually go out and get on other people's podcasts. Absolutely proven that people go and get in other people's podcasts, they do really well with connectivity and social media. you got to get on other people's podcasts. And there's tons of people out there who will let you on the podcast, especially if you've been on podcasts, you know what you're doing, and you got the right equipment. So just to finish, Kim, is there anything you'd like to point out that you think I haven't asked you or covered? And how can we contact you, too? And how can, we, how can people contact you, Kim? Uh, the best way to contact me is uh, whitegloveweptraining.com. We're also launching howtobuildanonlinecourse.com, but it's just coming into fruition. So if you stay on White Glove Web Training, you're going to find me. I'm Kim at White Glove Web Training. Very easy. Uh, Twitter, I'm at Kim Schivler. That should be yeah, right here in the side. You can see that. I am now very active on Twitter. I did not used to be, but uh, tweet at me. I'll tweet back, I promise. Uh, those are the best ways. As far as I think we hit on everything, the big the big three are, you know, take the time to know what you want to do and learn your requirements so you can make the best decision for yourself. And two, once you've done that, make sure that you're taking good steps for good courseware. And that if you don't know how to be a trainer, that's okay. We're going to cover that too. And then market it as you pointed out at the end, because no one's going to come if they don't know about it. Oh, thank you, Kim. I, I think uh, there's been a lot of value in our discussion and you've been an excellent guest. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And I want to thank everybody, the listeners, Jonathan and Kim, for putting up with this new format. This is really the first time. This is one of the formats that I'm teaching. So I appreciate you guys. It actually will work. It'll actually sound really good. And too bad we'll keep that old show for the comedy hour. <laughs> the blooper reel. <laughs>